The opinions expressed on the ACB Media Network are those of the content providers and should not be viewed as an endorsement of any product or service. Nor does it reflect the views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Visibilities on Friday evening, November 4th. Uh, Though Larry isn't with us this evening, Nikki is streaming for us, and I want to thank her. And we still have a little bit of Larry anyhow with the disclaimer. Uh, But I do want to thank Nikki for streaming for us this evening. And Allison is hosting. And we may have somebody moderating Clubhouse. I invited uh, Clubhouse to join us this weekend, this on this episode. I don't know if that's coming through or not, but... If it is, I'm sure somebody will let us know. I want to thank you all. Um, A couple of quick announcements. This week, we've got a very special show. But I want to just give you a quick rundown for the rest of the month. Next Friday is November 11th, Veterans Day. And what I would really like to do is... I thank you for the service of all of our veterans. And if anyone has a photo of a loved one who has served in any branch of the military at any time and would like to forward me a uh, JPEG of it, um, I would be glad to include it as part of the audio, uh, I mean, as part of the video. Uh, of next week's call, you can forward them to me at visibilities, V-I-S-A-B-I-L-I-T-I-E-S, five zero at gmail.com. And I will be glad to um, put them up as we talk about each person uh, next Friday evening. That's the 11th on the 18th of November. Um, Kenneth Semyon Sr. and part of the uh, mentoring team. Uh, He will be uh, my guest that evening, and we will have some of the mentors and some of the mentees or guides and explorers, I guess, as as he calls them. And that will be on the 18th. And then on the 25th, after you've shopped until you can drop, until you have dropped, Uh, On the day after Thanksgiving, I will have um, the pleasure of Carl Richardson and Kim Charlson to talk about the audio description gala that's taking place the following Tuesday evening. I believe it's the 29th of November. So that's kind of what's going on here at Visibilities for the rest of the month. but. Let's move right on into tonight. And tonight we are getting ourselves ready for the rest of the month and for next month and pretty much through the winter, if I can guess most of this group's feelings, in that we have the holidays coming up. And we always have uh, warm feelings 
need for being warm and toasty. And warm and toasty just always reminds us of things that we enjoy that make us our, ourselves and our homes and our partners and friends cozy. And to that end, two of the items that help with that are food and drink. And so this evening, I have introduced. I'm sorry, could anyone who's taught got any noise in the background, please mute for a few minutes. Thank, thank you. you. Yeah, thank you very much. Um, actually, it wasn't you, Penny. It was someone else. But it's it wasn't all set. me. I know it wasn't me. For <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I might as well go ahead and introduce our first part of this call. Is going to be on food, <laughs> <laughs> and we have a gourmet cook among us who uh, has is it's a multi generational family of cooks. Um, who do absolutely amazing things with food uh, between her mother and her grandmother and her sisters. And now she's brought it on to two more generations beyond that with her children and their, and their children. And she's just been such an incredible influence when it comes to homemade delicious food. And that's Penny Reader. And, Thank Penny, you, and Penny's with us tonight, and she's going to be talking to us about some good holiday ideas for making your table really jump out at everyone. And our other guest is Mr. Gabriel Lopez Cafati, who is our, I think, I think we can now call you our official <laughs> ACB aficionado. When it comes to wine. <laughs> yes, um, absolutely. Lots of people call me <laughs> by that name. And and even if they don't, they, they always talk to me about wine. <laughs> and because you're always <laughs> such a, an amazing resource <laughs> Thank on you. wines. Um, and so let's get started. I'm going to turn it kind of over to Penny and Gabriel to work together on what shall we have for Thanksgiving? <laughs> I really want to know because I'm going to Penny's for Thanksgiving. That's true. <laughs> and you know what Terry's going to bring? Her delicious, her delicious sweet potato casserole. Um, and we are having, we, we are big on sweet potatoes in our house. I was thinking about this last night. Like, what do we have the most of? And it's actually sweet potatoes because Terry makes these delicious I don't know what's in them, Terry. Cinnamon and ginger and maybe some allspice. It's really Oh, my tasty. sweet potato casserole. Yeah. yeah. And it makes so much. It's Lots huge. of butter and cinnamon and brown mm. sugar. And, uh -huh. So good. No marshmallows, but who needs marshmallows? And, and then we <laughs> make these sweet potatoes that are totally opposite. We make chipotle sweet potatoes. Oh, wow. And they're, they're so good, Gabriel. They're like you slice the sweet potatoes like if you were making scallop potatoes. And you layer them and then you put, um, you mix like a tablespoon of chipotle um, peppers with the, the sauce that comes, the adobo sauce. 
in with like a cup and a half of heavy cream and you just drench them in that and bake them for like an hour and a half. And they are amazing. They're not sweet at all, but they're really, really good. And we also make hey, sweet uh... potato pie. A lot of people make pumpkin pie, but my grandmother made sweet potato pie. <clears throat> so we usually make sweet potato pie. And we also make sweet potato rolls. And that's a James Beard recipe. And they are also phenomenal. <clears throat> and we have turkey. Um, and so I looked at my uh, last year, I think was our best turkey. Every year, you know, there are all these recipes for turkey and all over online. And I have tried all these different methods. Like one year, I turned the turkey upside down to begin with. <laughs> and then I turned it over from side to side. And then it ended up on its back. That was supposed <laughs> to produce a juicy turkey. <clears throat> and it was a little tricky with the, you know, the hot oven and the turkey and the pot holders and all that. And, and I've brined it in like a a brine that I kept on the patio when it was cold because there wasn't enough room for it in my fridge. Um, <clears throat> but last year I made the New York Times dry brine turkey and it was perfect. And that's what I'm going to do from now on. So you just mix a tablespoon of salt, like kosher salt, one tablespoon for every four, four pounds of turkey. And you put it all over the turkey inside and out. You put it inside a plastic bag in the fridge for two days the second day you turn it over and then you take it out. You don't have to rinse it or anything. And then you just prepare it like you normally do for turkey. And it's delicious. It's really seasoned really, really well. And it's really juicy. And the only other thing I found for um, keeping the juice inside the meat is, um, well, you stuff the cavity like with whatever you want. Uh, the New York Times and I stuff it with apples and onions and then you know the opening instead of sewing it up which i'm not going to be sewing up a turkey um so, <laughs> you can take you can take a heel of bread and just cover up that cavity yeah. with a heel of bread and that keeps all the juices in and then when you take it out of the oven if you prop the roasting pan up like you put a wind spatula under one end so that it's kind of slanted toward the neck that'll keep the juices in as it cools so that's how we do the turkey. Oh. <laughs> wow. I would tell you that if you're a subscriber to New York Times Food, which I am, which is the best $40 I spend every year. Um, right now, they have 20 pages of Thanksgiving recipes. Mm -hmm. Every possible thing you could ever want to make. I looked at it today and I fell into this rabbit hole. And I just kept looking at it and I didn't do anything else I was supposed to do all day except read Thanksgiving recipes. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's really worth your time and uh, um, I really recommend it. There are all kinds of cool recipes there. Uh, the other things we have are we usually have creamed onions because I like them. Mm. There are people in my family who don't, but I do. And so I, I do too. Them. I um, love creamed onions. I do too. And we have the sweet potatoes and we have mashed potatoes, which I've been doing in their pressure cooker because I have an instant pot and they are perfect. Mm -hmm. I mean, God, you just, it takes eight minutes to bring them to, to cook them under pressure and they are just perfect. Um, and we have scalloped oysters because I'm from Maryland and we have to have mm. oysters whenever we can. And so that's just like a casserole with cracker crumbs and oysters and butter. You can't get and, mm -hmm. and cream. I mean, it's totally decadent and totally delicious. 
Um, and uh, we have green beans, but we don't have the cream of mushroom soup green beans. We make these green beans that have like soy sauce and red wine vinegar and butter and sesame seeds on them. And they're pretty good. And I think that is it. We have a, a table laden with food. And this year, I think we're going to have 12 people. And so now we need mm. to know what kind of wine to buy, Gabriel, because I have no idea. <laughs> that was going to be my question, too. Gabriel, what do we have? What what will we, should we have with this? I know Terry and I are probably going to buy Santa Margarita, but there must be other choices, too. <laughs> well, right now, after after Penny's uh, description of her of her Thanksgiving table, I know nothing about wine. I am on every possible um, Google flights, American Airlines, looking for prices. Oh, to good. Miami DCA it. for Thanksgiving. <laughs> would love it. Oh my God, that would be great. <laughs> you know, um, it's amazing because um, some of the wines, actually, I, I was kind of like, you know, I'm always, just like Penny, I do subscribe to a lot of uh, food um, recipes. I don't have the full subscription for New York from New York Times, but I do get like there's <laughs> I'm, I'm cheap. I don't get the full recipes, but I get the their like sneak peeks. So I get yeah, the idea yeah. and that I Google for another you know similar recipe. Um, mm. But I love the New York Times. And uh, and I also I have so many wine uh, subscriptions. Those those I do have. And there mm. are three wines that are being featured for this year's holiday, which I loved, I kind of suspected that. And two of the wines are would go perfectly in Penny's uh, Thanksgiving table. Um, so one of them is a uh, Chardonnay, which is, uh, mm. for most people who know Chardonnay, uh, it's a white wine. Uh, and, you know, uh, it's funny when it comes to Chardonnay, um, you know, every, every wine connoisseur, every sommelier will tell you that uh, Chardonnay divides people into two groups. People who love Chardonnay and people who love to hate Chardonnay. <laughs> <laughs> but the people who hate Chardonnays are the people who probably have not tried the right Chardonnay. So this year, I'm seeing that there's a huge trend and the ones that become, that, that's become very popular is a Chard any Chardonnay from the Santa Barbara Valley in California. And the reason for that being, I was, I was wondering, why is it, why is it, why is it that um, Chardonnays from Santa Barbara are so, so popular these days? And that is because the Chardonnay has the characteristics of a typical Chardonnay that will please the normal Chardonnay lover. And it has other characteristics um, that will please someone who does not like Chardonnays. So just to describe a little bit of uh, Chardonnay and why some people don't like Chardonnay is because of the oakiness sometimes of these Chardonnays. People feel they're like too Chardonnay, oaky. Gabriel. I'm one of those people who loves to hate Chardonnay. <laughs> there you go, you see. So maybe you'll give it a try and try I to will. look for Because when you mentioned the oyster uh, casserole, my God, my mouth was watering to pair it with this Chardonnay uh, from, well, any Chardonnay from Santa Barbara Valley. And I started exploring. And the reason 
why the Chardonnays from Santa Barbara are being so popular is because of that reason. They don't have that oakiness because uh, yeah. they don't do uh, barrel uh, aging. And the other thing is I, I had no idea that most of the valleys in California run north to south. However, the coastal valleys like the Santa Barbara Valley, it runs east to west or west to east. So that means that the grapes that uh, they use uh, for, for making the Chardonnays um, get all that cool air from the Pacific Ocean because we all know that the Pacific Ocean is very, very cold. Chilly, so, yeah. Very chilly, yeah. So, so you get all that cool air and that makes the Chardonnay grape a little bit smoother and more rounded up. So it still has a bit of the butteriness that Chardonnay lovers love. And it takes away some of the oakiness and the sharpness that Chardonnay haters don't like. <laughs> so that will go perfect with, um, with um, Penny's oysters and a couple of other dishes. It will go great as a starter because, um, you know, a, a white wine is always good kind of to break the mood. That's another thing that I've gotten into. You know how typically I tell people, um, don't pair the wine with the dinner, pair the wine with, I'm sorry, with the diner. <laughs> now I've, I've, I've read something else um, that I just fell in love with um, uh, by this author who I really, really like. Her name is Karen McNeil. And she wrote uh, something, I, I'm sorry if it sounds offensive for some, but uh, I kind of cringed a little bit at the name, but it's okay. It's called The Wine Bible. So she wrote this quote that says, um, don't pair the wine with food, pair it with mood. Ooh, nice. So, I like that. Yeah. So I've, I've gotten into that. So if you're in a celebratory mood, starting off with a very, very nice chill Chardonnay is, is just good to kind of, you know, kind of get, because when, when you're starting a celebration, especially a holiday celebration, you have everyone just came in, probably guests from out of town. Everyone's like in such a frenzy and everyone's excited. So you need something to kind of chill, kind of calm down the mood, <laughs> kind of like go with the mood and, and balance and not get it more hyped. You need, you know, people to kind of settle and feel at home. So a good, good welcoming Chardonnay. And not only that, but for those who do not like Chardonnay to to receive them with a Chardonnay that will change their perspective on this, on this wine is, is also like a huge, you know, welcome hug in the way of wine. <laughs> nice, nice. Who, who's so good vintner from Santa Barbara County, do you know? I'm sorry, Penny? Who would be a good, like, what, what kind of wine is from Santa Barbara? Who would... You know, I, I, would, I would love to recommend some but the problem is that I was one of the things that I wanted to tell everyone tonight is that I think from what I've been following and reading, we are living, we are really living the golden age of wine because with so much wine production all over the world and especially in our own backyard here in the U.S., uh, the, the price, the, the, the ratio between price and quality is is favoring the consumers right now so we oh, can nice. get very very good um you know wines under twenty dollars 
Now, if you want to spend a little bit more and you want to splurge, if you go under $30, between 20 and 30, you could get really good wines. And, um, oh my God, I forgot that I'm, I'm before the call ends, I'm going to, I'm going to go to one of my bookmark pages and I'll, and I'll let you know one of the wineries that I love from Santa Barbara. Thank you. Cool. Yep. So after we finish with the Chardonnay, do we get a different kind or we just stick with the Chardonnay for the whole meal? <laughs> oh, no, no, not at all. I knew no, that. I, like I said, I, I have I have three wines ready for your table, Penny. Okay. <laughs> so believe it or not, and and, and people are going to probably think that, that this is it's, it's going to sound like a repeat from last year. But Pinot Noir is such yeah. a wonderful wine to go with your holiday meals. Because Pinot Noir is, you know, it's, I love the fruitiness in the Pinot Noir. It's so, it's, it's, it, and, you know, it smells cranberries, it smells raspberries, yeah. all those berries that we garnish our foods with during this time of the year. So uh, Pinot Noirs are, are and, and they're very versatile um, because they have not only the earthy, sometimes prickly notes, and, and Penny, I couldn't help but think of a Pinot Noir when you were talking about the dry brine, because, mm -hmm. you know, some Pinot Noirs are even described as salty, which obviously wine does not really? have salt. Yeah. But but, you know, what what people describe as salty when they taste when they taste a Pinot Noir is actually um, those, those those tiny like it, it, if you picture them visually or 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 palette wise. It's like those little prickling lights, like little, little tiny prickling oh, lights. Like so the Pinot Noir has lights. That. Oh, cool. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So I wonder if you could put that in the, you know, in the roasting pan for the turkey recipe, you're supposed to add a cup and a half of white wine. I wonder if you could use Pinot Noir. But it would you be know, kind of expensive. I'll probably just use the box of white wine. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I don't know, Penny, because I don't know how the Pinot Noir, when cooking, would react with, yeah. with the turkey or how it would evaporate because it's a totally different. I, I would, in that sense, I would stay traditional and I would go with a white wine. Yeah, just the kind in the box that you can afford. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. You know, there's there's very very inexpensive white wines. Uh, they, you know, bottles of white wine that you can get. I don't know how they do it, but you can find four or five dollar bottles of wine for cooking. <laughs> Trader Joe's. Although, <laughs> although, <laughs> although, I, I don't know if you know, but famous words from um, <laughs> Rachel Ray. She says, "I I wouldn't put on my stove." anything that I wouldn't put on my glass. Yeah, I've heard that too. I've heard that too. And that's true. I mean, I drink the wine I used to cook with too. Yeah, yeah, same here. Never, so again, ever, never, never buy that cooking wine that you get at the grocery store. That's no, really disgusting. No, absolutely. Yeah. I agree with Penny. And, and not only that, especially, especially when you when you can get a very cheap wine that you can actually sip while you cook and it's very inexpensive. You can definitely get under $10 wines You know cooking. what, the people at the wine store are so helpful. I mean, they want your business and they, if you ask them a question, they never think there's a stupid question. They're happy to help you. Yeah, yeah. Anyone who thinks there's a stupid question in the wine world is, is stupid themselves. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Because, yeah. because there's, I, I always tell, I love questions when it comes to wine. Because the idea is um, 
for people to not be intimidated by wine. Long are the times, long gone are the times when we were intimidated by wine. Uh, wine should be something that is not for just a connoisseur or, you know, the refined, whatever you want to call them or us or whatever. But it, wine should be something that is enjoyed for everyone because wine is not just an alcoholic beverage. Wine is a, a social beverage. Wine is a comfort beverage. And, and wine is also a celebratory beverage. So especially now during the holidays, um, it should be accessible to everyone. And when I say accessible, I mean not only in terms of uh, accessibility <laughs> for us, <laughs> visually impaired, uh, accessibility for any, any budget, but also accessibility for any taste. It, it shouldn't be dictated that whatever wine you like is not right. Um, like I said, you know, earlier, I love the new motto is, you know, paired with the mood, not with the food. So it, it, the wine should accompany your mood. So if you're in a celebratory mood, you, you get a celebratory wine. If you're in a just cozy mode, especially when the cold comes, I have one wine for you uh, that's going to come later on. But right now I'm, I'm, I'm working Penny's fabulous table. <laughs> so I just wanted to say something else with the Pinot Noir before, um, before Penny tells us a little bit more of, about her table or before I go into other uh, varietals and other actually drinks, wine-based drinks. Um, Pinot Noir, uh, like I was telling you, is, is so versatile because it has those sharpie notes, but it also has those rounded, um, fruity, sometimes earthy notes. Um, I would always make sure if you want to get a good Pinot Noir, uh, again, Pinot Noirs are, are, have become very, very popular. And now you can find any Pinot under $20. It's going to be great between 10 and 20. If you go between 20 and 30, it's even an upgrade. I wouldn't go anywhere over 30. Um, but the Pinot Noirs are so versatile because they can go well with your cheese and cold meat platter but they will go beautifully with your turkey as well because it's not so abrasive it's not a full body well it's going to overtake it's going to just complement the turkey and and it's and it's going to also complement your other meats if for example if you're a ham lover or pork which is another of the foods that we eat during the holidays um then definitely it goes really well with pork and uh, with with other like hams and like I said cheeses uh, and and it, it even goes well with sometimes even with your desserts. Um, we're not there yet, so I'm I'm gonna stop right there. But I just want to say that apinos are 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 a very very popular wine for these times, and especially I think because they evoke. The, the the raspberry and cranberry and yeah. all those berry notes that we love during this season. Oh, that sounds perfect, Gabriel. Well, I hope you and Anthony can come and bring some wine. That would be great. <laughs> <laughs> would love to, Penny. <laughs> sometime. Sometime we'll do it. Um, so the other thing I forgot to talk about is cranberries. And uh, I was just thinking about Terry often brings me this delicious cranberry bread that um, oh. we put on the table for Thanksgiving too. And then we all have it the next day for breakfast and it makes wonderful toast. Um, and we also make, I don't know if 
who listens to NPR, but every year on NPR, Susan Stamberg does yes. a segment on her mother-in-law's wonderful cranberry relish, and we have been making it for years. And it's oh, wow. super, super weird and really, really delicious. And it's cranberries with sugar and an onion and sour cream and horseradish. And it's very spicy. You put it all in a blender and then you freeze it. And then uh, the day of Thanksgiving, you take it out of the freezer in the morning. And so by the time it comes to the table, it's kind of like a sorbet. And so it's, I guess it's a palate cleanser, but it's really good. Wow. And it's also good leftover on your turkey sandwiches the next day. But there are lots of people who don't like it because, you know, especially children, are not wild about horseradish. Um, so we always make the regular cranberries too. And we just follow the recipe on the back of the, bo- of the bag, which is like a cup of water, 12 ounces of cranberries and a cup of sugar. And you bring it to a boil and you simmer it till everything thickens up and then you put it on the table. So uh, I was thinking about cranberries because you have to have cranberries with your Pinot Noir. You're right. <laughs> absolutely it pairs so beautifully the pinot noir with the cranberries yeah it would be delicious and yeah. i grew up in cranberry country ocean spray actually started in the same town that i grew up in summers really so, wow. yeah and it's actually started in onset massachusetts and uh and you make your mom's cranberry everybody so everyone that, that lived down there year round by this time of year uh, by this time of year, would be uh, absolutely sick to death of picking cranberries. <laughs> really? It, what do they look like when they're growing? And they grow in a bog. So they're really growing almost underwater. Really? Um, yeah, they, they're the cranberry bogs. My sister has cranberry bogs um, out right behind her house, uh, for instance. And, this, uh, and they um, keep them, they're kept very, very wet like all summer and such. And then they drain the bugs to pick the cranberries. Well, back in the day, they picked them by hand. Now they have machines, of course, that do it and such. But uh, that's where, to me, you can't get enough cranberries in the fall. I know Um, that. I I know you love your cranberries. (laughs) I I do. I love my cranberries. And your bread is so good. It's delicious. I love The cranberry bread is good. Cranberry muffins. Um, the last few years, my, what are they, the cranberry white chocolate cookies. Oh, those are those so are rad- good. Those okay. are sinful. Uh, what else is cranberry apple pie is good, too. Yeah. And I make a, an upside down cake that's pear and cranberry upside down cake. It's also delicious. And that's really good, too. So we've, have we given you enough dessert ideas now, Gabriel? For our third one. Well, definitely. Um, you've given me enough ideas. <laughs> and and We're you challenging know, you, I think. <laughs> well, you know, I, I don't my god, um, no, but we haven't gotten into the real, real desserts. These are cranberry. <laughs> to me, talk about the pumpkin pie, the sweet potato would, pie, or the apple pie. You gotta have pie. Well, we have to talk about the specifics of those, but yeah. to me, to me. Um, someone uh, very near and dear <laughs> to my heart <laughs> has kind of uh, been prodding me into exploring some um, 
some sort of punch for this holiday season. Who said it was Anthony Penny? <laughs> so, so I have my traditional champagne or sparkling wine punch, but in you know in in following Anthony's. Um, oh, I said it. I'm sorry. <laughs> And following Anthony's request for something a little bit sweeter, I have two ideas for punch for you today. Uh -huh. So I'm going to start with my traditional, which is um, sparkling wine. You know, when when you use uh, sparkling wine for punch, I think you shouldn't go crazy with the price because it's going to be mixed with a lot of other things. So I think you should be moderate. Um, personally, when I drink sparkling wine, champagne, cava, I like them very dry. So I like the, you know, um, the dry, the one that says brut. Brut, uh, that's the one. <laughs> yes, I love brut. I don't like anything else but brut. But in this case, since you're going to be mixing it with everyone, with everything else, I think it, it, it actually makes it better with brut because you have a lot of other sweet stuff around it. So uh -huh. you don't want more sweetness coming from the actual sparkling wine. So even if you're scared of brute, don't be scared because if you're using it to mix it in a punch, uh, it's still going to get some sweetness from the other stuff. So my traditional recipe calls for actually make pre-making a, a some sort of lemonade, which uses not lime, I mean, not lemons, but limes. And uh, you make, for example, if it, I, I typically make a pitcher of that with for a bottle of champagne or sparkling wine. So a pitcher would have, um, you know, you would fill half the pitcher with water. And then I would say somewhere between six and eight limes, depending on size, um, two tablespoons of sugar. And then... Um, you have strawberries, you wash mm -hmm. them, take off the, 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 the green part. I forgot how the, not the stem, the leaves. And then you cut them in small squares. And then believe it or not, here comes the surprise. Uh, if you have a mandolin, that's the best way to do it. Uh, you peel, I think depending on size, if, it, if they're big, probably just one, if not two cucumbers. Wow. And you slice them on the mandolin. Uh, and you mix it all. Uh, you don't have to do a. You don't have to do a blender. You just get like one of those big wooden spoons and just, you know, just mix it really well. Throw in your strawberries. Throw in your um, cucumber. Put it in the fridge. You will have to do this early morning or the day before. And then next day, pop open that champagne or sparkling wine. Mix it in and put it in your punch server. And uh, it's delicious. It's yeah. delicious. Um, now, prompted by Anthony for something a little bit sweeter. <laughs> you know, he expects <laughs> sweet things from me. <laughs> um, I found this recipe that calls for actually the, the, the only recipe that I found. I haven't tried it, but it sounds very, very good because I don't like things that have all these kind of juices and juices and juices. And then the sparkling is just one little ingredient hidden behind everything. So I found this recipe that calls for two bottles of sparkling wine. 
and you can put all that in your punch mixer uh, right from the get go. No, no complications. Very easy. Uh, obviously, uh, I forgot to mention anytime that you're doing a, a champagne or sparkling wine punch, uh, it's good to have it very, very chill already. Because remember, this is bubbles and bubbles, you know, the champagne punches uh, are are meant to be drank uh, quickly because then bubbles go away. So uh, this one calls for two bottles of sparkling wine, two cups of ginger ale, and one cup of pineapple juice, which I'm not crazy about, but yeah. I'll give it a try. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the recipe said that you could substitute for a cup of orange juice, um, but, I'll, but I'll give it a try with pineapple. And then um, you add... Um, you you have one orange and one one lemon you you know cut them in wheels and then just throw the wheels in mix everything and it should be ready to serve i'm i'm actually very excited about trying that recipe because that between the yeah 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 between the bubbles of the champagne and the bubbles of the ginger ale plus the kind of like sweetness of the pineapple and then the the little bit of the bitterness or zestiness of the oranges and lemons. Yeah, I, I think really that good. should, yeah. yeah. Let me ask you a question. And then we need to get to some other questions here too. Um, yes. Let me ask you a question. When you're pouring in your ginger ale or your uh, sparkling wine, do you do it very gently down the, like for instance, down the side of the bowl so that it keeps it from foaming up as much so you don't lose as much of the, of the bubbles? You know, with, with a sparkling wine, yes. Yes, you need to be gentle and, and do it very, very slowly, just like if you would be doing it on a champagne flute. Uh, with a ginger ale, mm. I don't think there's so much of a problem, but definitely thanks for that question, Terry, because yes. Um, you know, we all know that sparkling wine, if you're not careful when pouring, you can end up with more sparkling wine in your hand and on the floor than on the flute. So, yes, same same applies even if you're doing it in a big bowl or in a, you know, in a punch mixer. Right. Because and, would, and would you both mind if we if we just ask if anyone does have any questions? Oh, no, not at all. Please, oh, we questions. So please we questions. don't just speak up, but if you would raise your hands. That would be great. Am I in? I beg your pardon? I just wanted to know that you see my hand. I wasn't sure because I'm trying to learn this. My uh, name is Deborah. Go, go ahead and ask your question. Oh, I saw it no, earlier. There you are. Okay, yes, Deborah. No, I just want, I'm glad you hear me. I didn't know if I was in. I've been still, I've been listening, but I've been trying to check out the dial. So is it a... You're doing great. You're doing just fine. Oh, okay, you, thank you. Do you have a okay. question for Gabriel or Penny? No, I was listening. I like the the last one he was stating about the orange juice, ginger ale, or something like that. The the punch with the wine. Yeah, yeah, the yeah doesn't that sound good? It does sound good. That sounds it does. It sounds well. very mm -hmm. good. And I like the young lady. All right. Well, if anybody else potatoes. does. Uh huh. Okay. I enjoyed the young lady when she, we for, I first came on. She was mentioned sweet potato pies. Are you a sweet mm -hmm. potato pie person? <laughs> oh, I'm a sweet potato pie person. Yes, I am. Me too. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's great. 
You know, many years ago, I grew up in Massachusetts. I grew up up north in Massachusetts. And many years ago, somebody asked me, she had a friend from one of the Carolinas and said, Terry, you're Irish. You must know this. What kind of a dessert pie do you make with potatoes? I didn't have a clue in the world what she was talking about. <laughs> I'd never heard of sweet potato pie until I'm until I came down to Maryland. You moved to Maryland, Terry. I, it was a darn good thing because I love it. It's almost as it's as good as I pumpkin or squash pie. But so I, had I, never I have heard a, of I have a I produce a my daughter and I produce a newsletter every month. It's on Substack, which is a platform for newsletters, and our October recipe. Is for sweet my grandmother's sweet potato pie, and the name of our newsletter oh. is, is the recipe box. And Molly is an mm. artist, and she draws the she paints the pictures uh, that go along with the recipes. So if you want my grandmother's recipe, you can go look us up on Substack, the recipe box. So I know you're I know you're probably okay. not supposed to advertise on the on your on the ACB media. So if I just did something wrong, I'm I apologize. <laughs> oh, what the heck. Um, Elizabeth does have a question. Elizabeth, you can unmute. There you are. Hi. There you are. Hello. Oh, I always love, love, love this um, conversation around this time, Terry. When I heard that you were having Gabriel on, I'm like, <laughs> oh, I just love it. it it warms my heart um very interesting so Gabriel I just wanted to ask um uh what would you recommend for a I don't like dry wines I'm not a dry wine lady mm -hmm. I like sweet wines so what would you suggest there is a nice sweet wine with dinner like fish or, oh, or perfect question so so you know when you're have when you want to pair it actually with a meal i wouldn't recommend a super super sweet wine you will not you said i wouldn't i wouldn't but i have a wine for you mm -hmm. i have a grape for you uh and um it's uh, a riesling oh because a riesling and and i have another one so I have two, actually. A Riesling is a wine that is on the sweeter side, but it's not overpoweringly sweet, where it's almost a dessert wine. Like, for example, I'm sure if you like sweet wines, you've tried a Moscato. Moscato is, oh, yes. is, a, is totally dessert. Oh, my God, I heard the <laughs> smile on your face. Yes. You say, you? <laughs> yes. So Riesling is, is a very, very good wine. That is sweet. It's not uh, full-bodied. It's very easy to drink, and it's not super sweet. So you can definitely pair it with fish or with any of your meals. Definitely goes great with sushi, salad. Mm. Um, goes well with with uh, rice dishes, and uh, mm. for example, a, a riesling with a risotto could would go really nice. I can only picture a riesling going with. Um, pennies green beans and pennies um <laughs> onion cream and also pennies mm -hmm. uh oysters yeah oyster casserole a riesling would do really well 
But I have another wine that is not so popular these days, although I've been seeing it more and more in the stores. And I'm very happy because um, because people are actually getting more into it and it's being more demanded, demanding. I mean, I'm sorry, demanded by the public. Um, and, and I'm willing to send it to to the name to um, um, to Terry. I'm sorry, I've had uh, two glasses of wine by now. <laughs> which is actually a wine that uh, is very very more than sweet it's kind of floral it has so many sweet notes and when you try it it is just like a party in your mouth and the grape is called Gewistraminer yeah please send it to me because there's not a chance in the world <laughs> I can smell that one <laughs> can you spell I'm it taking for me? notes can here you spell it for me <laughs> Yeah, Gewistraminer is G-E-W-E-S-T-R-E-M-E-N-E-U-R. Gewistraminer. And that's the name of the wine? That's a grape. Um, you can find uh, Gewistraminer is, is a very, very uh, Central European grape. So Switzerland, Austria, Germany, uh, sometimes Northern Italy. Um, but it is a very, very, it's become very popular. So if, even if you don't pronounce it well, if you just say something like Gerstermeiner or <laughs> as long as it ends in meaner <laughs> and it starts with G, uh, I'm sure any wine uh, store will be able to tell you if they have it or not. And I'm sure they will have it because like I said, Gerstermeiner is, it's like some sort of like the new, the new Riesling because uh, it has so much more complexity to it. It has flavor, it has smells, it has spiciness, it has a little bit of flowery smells. It's 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 just an amazing wine to to uh, enjoy from from beginning to end because you enjoy smelling it. I mean, sometimes I when I open a bottle of Gewürztraminer and I pour it, I'm just I spend minutes just smelling it nosing it it's 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 such a beautiful smell that's neat oh, I love uh, Terry? that sounds wonderful yes can can i ask gabriel if he can give us like his website or something if we want to talk to him more about wines <laughs> gabriel you're famous <laughs> oh, I love gabriel so <laughs> <laughs> so Penny, I, I'm sorry, Terry. I think I can give up my give out the president email address, right? The for 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 BPI. The, a BPI, yes. Okay. So so the email I, I have a couple of email addresses, but the one that I'm allowed to give out on air is president at blindlgbtpride.org. So again, that's president, just the word president at blind lgbtpride.org cool and if anybody does um have a problem get have not get it written down you can always also um contact me at visibilities50 at gmail.com and i can forward it on to gabriel as well so you've got two sources of them now you yeah. know what else gabriel i saw today among them hundreds of Thanksgiving recipes I looked at where it was uh, a Bellini made with cranberries instead of peaches. 
And I yes. thought that's pretty interesting. I love I love a Bellini. If if you can get your own puree, if you can get your own, I mean, I'm sorry, if you can get your own cranberries and puree them and make your own uh, Bellinis, that is phenomenal because. You know the the real cranberries have uh, they're uh, they have sweetness, but they also have that tart flavor. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. that could be good. You could just make the cranberry sauce. It's on the back of the bag. Put it yes. in the fridge and scoop it into your glass with your champagne. And oh, you- I I love that. I mean, I, I I'm I'm gonna be honest with you. Whenever I go to any like you know those brunch events that are they call yeah. bottomless mimosas. Oh, this is, I yeah. always, I always have my first glass. It's always a mimosa, and then I always tell uh, the waiter, "Please hold the orange juice on mine." <laughs> I agree. <laughs> Just pour the champagne. Let's work for you. <laughs> you know, speaking of sparkling wine, um, I think um, Anthony is very excited of trying something uh, that that it, it apparently. Uh, visually for uh, the low vision folks and people who, you know, have uh, sighted family members and guests uh, apparently looks very pretty. I've heard of it. I've never done it. Um, it sounds a little bit intimidating because not many people, not everyone likes um, this German drink called Jägermeister. Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> it's a little bit strong, but they, they, they call it a candy cane. So, really? so, it supposedly looks very pretty. So you put just an uh, just one serving from you know from from your um, just a scoop uh, or an ounce of actually uh, Jägermeister on your champagne flute. Uh, obviously, if you want to impress your sighted guests, it would have to be in a clear flute. And then you put it at the bottom, and then you kind of swirl it so it kind of like covers the walls of the flute. And then you pour your champagne or your sparkling oh wine in God. it. That'll kill you, Gabriel. <laughs> that's yes. That, Shall we try that some night, Benny? Again. <laughs> we Terry and I have been there. <laughs> okay. Well, we the, thing with, the, the thing with Jägermeister is that it's not much, Penny. It's just to give no. it that little. Oh, it's, no, it's just you don't get, need much. It's, it's, just, it's, just, it's just to give it a, that little bit of like, like the stripey. It tastes <laughs> but, it, but, it, but some people say that it also tells, tastes like peppermint. I guess. Wow. <laughs> so, so I, like I said, be you careful with is that one. Is mm-hmm. that vino, have you ever tried vino verde? Yes. It's, it's a Portuguese we, uh, sparkling wine and it's green. Mm-hmm. And it, it tastes It delicious. is green. Yes. I, we just had a bottle of vino, of vino verde uh, maybe a month ago. It was just so good. It is um, good. And it's usually really affordable too. It is. It is. Yes. The only thing with Vino Verde is that I didn't talk about it because I, I find personally, just personally, I find that Vino Verde is a little bit more of a summer wine because yeah, I, I agree it is so chill. It is so cool and it is so refreshing. Yeah. Well, we'll have to have you back to talk about summer <laughs> wines in the in about six months. <laughs> while we're, but while we still have a few minutes left. Um, yeah, yeah, we don't. Yeah, that's about all we have. We've got some more holidays coming up besides Penny's Thanksgiving dinner. Um, and I'm just thinking, who, if either one of you have some ideas as far as 
Hanukkah and Christmas and New Year's. I know when you were mentioning the Pinot Noir, that kind of jumped out at me. I always love um, ham for Thanksgiving dinner. Mm. I know, no, 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 ham for New Year's. Oh, we like we like ham for Christmas Eve. I, well, I like yeah, I like either. The thing it's always been a big deal in my family. When do you have the pot? When do you have the roast? And when do you have the ham? And, and then he has one the goes soup the day after the ham. <laughs> <laughs> and so it would always be one year we'd have do a New Year's and then Christmas. The next one would do a Christmas and then New Year's. But Terry, so we- you make mm. that great pie. You make that amazing French Christmas pie. Oh, the French, yeah, the French French meat pie. Yeah, I do that too. But um I but I was saying the the Pinot Noir made me think of uh, a nice baked ham for that for yeah. New Year's. That would be and delicious. uh yes. I was just trying to think of what else either one of you might have for recommendations for some of the other holidays once we get past Thanksgiving. It's a long time till the next one. <laughs> <laughs> We we always make plum pudding for Christmas, and that's fun to do. Um, our, it's a family recipe that I apparently my great grandfather brought from Wales. Although I don't know how he did that, because apparently when he arrived, he was twelve, and I can't imagine he would have brought a recipe with him. <laughs> um, but and it there are no plums in plum pudding; it's raisins, um, and it used to be made with suet, which is you know the fat around your steak. Um, but oh. we have uh, we have vegetarians mm-hmm. in our family, so we make it with butter, um, and it's it's fairly good. It's kind of like a fruit cake, and we serve it with hard sauce, which is confectioner's sugar and butter and brandy, and that's probably the best part of the whole dessert. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you know, I do have a a good recommendation between uh, Terry's meat pie or um. French pie, yeah, uh, and 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 uh, Penny's uh, plum was it plum pudding? Mm-hmm. The plums are actually raisins. Yes, no, but that's that's you know, I guess they're still plums. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they call it plum pudding anyhow. You know, one thing that has caught my attention lately is that I've been finding, especially um, if you go to a specialized wine stores, um, like you know total wine or whatever you know but i'm not promoting any um specific one um wine supermarket (laughs) any wine supermarket yes what i call what i call the adult disney world (laughs) (laughs) my my son-in-law used to call it toys r us for (laughs) grown-ups yes i love that too toys r us for grown-ups i go crazy and i went like more more can i have that can i have the piece please please (laughs) Um, there, you know, there used to be, and, and I, and I'm going to switch because, uh, you know, uh, I've talked about Chardonnays and Pinots from the West coast. And like I said, make sure that you get coastal <clears throat> valleys or coastal region producing regions for especially Pinot Noirs. Um, but I also, uh, have been finding that a French wine that used to be kind of like looked up as oh my god uh, just you cannot buy that wine because it's so expensive you i have been finding uh these wines for less than 20 dollars 
And those are the wines from the Rhone Valley, R-H-O-N-E. And they're known as Côte du Rhône. So it's C-O-T-E-S-D-E, then R-H-O-N-E. So Rhône is a, um, is a valley in France that is very, very well known. Um, the uh, Actually, believe it or not, <laughs> the Vatican City or the popes, uh, the Catholic Church, were the ones who made it very, very famous because they loved the wines uh, to use as altar wine. Oh. And, uh, and actually, the, 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 the actual entire region uh, where uh, the Rhone Valley is known, uh, they, they, it is known by the name uh, Chateauneuf de Pop, which means the new house of the Pope. <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> so, so Neuve de Pop has the uh, uh, Côte du Rhône, which is mainly a uh, Côte du Rhône is mainly composed by uh, Garnache grape and Syrah grape. Garnache like is, Syrah. Oh, yes, Syrah, yeah. Syrah is very, very well rounded and very nice, but the Garnache is very, very full body, very strong wine, very, um, full of tannins so it really goes well with meat or with a very very buttery greasy dessert oh cool that's perfect <laughs> yeah that's perfect so so look for them because i think it's an opportunity for us to explore wines and i know i've said it here at uh you know at visibilities many times and in uh, all of our wine my wine tastings as well with bpi and other uh tasting events that we've had Old world wines, like worlds from France, Spain, Italy, Germany, they do not have the denomination. Uh, they do not have the specification of what grapes go into it because they expect you to know if it's a Côte they expect you to know what it goes into. If it's a Burgundy, they expect you to know what it goes into it. But now, I, at least for the wines that are coming into America from France, on the back of the label, if you can, if you have any... Uh, assisted uh you know like ira or any other services uh be my eyes or if you're shopping with a sighted uh, uh family member or friend on the back label they now the french wines that are being uh imported into the u.s do have uh, uh a description of the grapes that go into it so as long as you have a coduron that has at least 60 percent garnache and at least 20 percent uh syrah it will be a very well-balanced wine. However, let me give, you know, disclaimer. This is not going to be like the Chardonnay or the Pinot Noir that I talked about earlier. This is going to be your full body, um, very, very big, you know, a lot of <clears throat> presence wine. So if you're not into that, don't bother. But I think it's a good opportunity to explore a good wine from France at a very affordable price nowadays. Gosh, could you come for Christmas too? <laughs> oh my God, Penny! If you cook, I'll 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 move in. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, I know Anthony will agree. <laughs> <laughs> and Terry, we have one minute. Just want to let you know. Oh, we do, goodness. yeah. Yep. And so I would like to, at this point, thank everyone who's with us this evening. I hope you've all enjoyed this presentation half as much as I have. 
I think it's, well, hopefully you've enjoyed it totally, but uh, at least as much as I have. Um, these are two very good friends who just are just so dynamic. They've both gotten so much uh, information out to us tonight. I want to wish all of you the most wonderful of holiday seasons. Thank you and good night. <laughs>